This is The Social Branding Show, your window into all things social media and branding for your business. Welcome to The Social Branding Show. My name is Bimio Joe, Creative Director at Inbound Video Pros, and this is the show where we talk about all things social media and branding for your business. I'm here today with Clay Posey, CEO and President of Clarebox Strategies and Clarebox Creative. Clay, it's wonderful to have you here. Well, really, to be here at your office in downtown Chattanooga. Thanks, baby. No, the pleasure's mine. I'm, uh, I'm glad you guys asked me to do this. Yeah, we're super glad to have you. Um, tell us a little bit about what Clarebox is, what it does, and who you guys serve. Well, we are a, um, we're a full-service marketing agency. We deal with, um, with branding, with content creation, with website development for small, medium-sized businesses. So we handle companies up to about $10 million with you know, multiple salespeople, multiple marketing folks. We serve in as an extension of or in place of an in-house marketing team is really what it boils down to. Mm. And to that end, what exactly do you um, do, I guess, in the, in the whole structure of that? Like, what's your role? Um, my role mostly is stay out of the way. <laughs> and, and let that if you're a good leader I think that's one of the things you have to do is is you set the pace you set the tone and then you get out of the way and you let the people that you hire do what you do you hire them for a reason hmm. because they're an expert in their field and so you try to get out of the way and let them do what they do on the technical side of it I do deal with uh, what I call the math I'm not a creative um, if I had to give you an analogy of my creative abilities you can think of a toddler with a fat crayon, and that's who I am. So I don't, I don't do much with the art stuff. You can do a lot with a crayon. You know, it's it's <laughs> about emotion and colors. You and, can yeah. you can do a lot of damage with a crayon. <laughs> it's true, true, true. true. But uh, I take care of doing uh, search algorithms and trying to dial in the target and make sure that we're le- targeting and make sure we're leveraging the platforms properly, whatever platform we're trying to present a uh, company. Yeah, and that's, that's massively important. But tell me, how did you get started in that and what's your background? You know, why do you know so much about search? Well, my background is 30 years in sales and marketing. Um, I have spent my whole career either doing that in my own companies or for the companies where I've had an internal role. Then as a consultant and now as an agency owner, never really thought that I would own a marketing agency. Um, but started looking at targeting and looking at data actually for a political campaign Mm. and then realized that all these great tools that we were being provided with and the ways to look at data for a political campaign had a direct uh, business application. So here we are. Okay. So let's talk about targeting, right? Um, Specifically micro-targeting, which is where you've really honed your craft. What is micro-targeting and what do businesses need to know about it? Well, micro-targeting is, is just what it says. It's finding that narrow niche of people that you really want to talk to mm. and landing your content in front of those people. You can take and put up a billboard and have 100,000 cars see that billboard every day there might be five of the people in those cars that actually need whatever it is that you're selling. Yeah. That's the antithesis of, of micro-targeting. With micro-targeting, we're trying to narrow it down as much as we can to that individual and, and then serve the content directly to them. And we're, we're fortunate in that 
the social media tools that we have available to us as well as Google search allow us to do that. They allow us to really narrow an audience down if, if you know how to do that. Yeah. The problem I find with, I mean, everyone who wants to, everyone who's trying to run advertising or trying to reach an audience, they want to be talking to the right person. The problem I keep finding is that a lot of businesses don't exactly know who that person is, what that person looks like. How do you find your audience to target? Well, we, um, we try to tease that out. That's a lot of one-on-one with the business owner. Uh, we start with asking them the question, what is the, pro- what is the problem that you're trying to solve hmm. in your business? And, and I really push on that. Um, you ask somebody, what do you do? And they say, oh, well, I'm a doctor. Okay, well, that doesn't tell me anything about the problem yeah. that they're trying to solve, uh, especially if they're a specialist. So if, if they're an oncologist, the particular problem they're trying to solve is curing cancer or eliminating cancer from a patient. So we would start with that narrow a problem. If they are a, um, a CPA, what's the problem they're trying to solve? Well, they're trying to solve the problem of paying too much taxes for clients. So do they deal with businesses or do they deal with individuals? Most businesses know who their customer is. They just don't know that they know mm. because they've never gone through that process. So we start with the problem. Once we define the problem they're trying to solve, then we ask them, so who has that problem? Tell me the people that have that problem. And we look at the customers they already have. If they have customers, we deal with startups. And sometimes they don't even right. have a customer yet. So we sometimes have to do a little guessing in that. But uh, it's the problem, and then who has that problem, and then we, we continue to go from there. That gives us good clues about who we should be targeting. And so you, you, you build this picture of the kind of person whose problems are met by the business that you work for or you work with, um, but what specific kinds of data do you then use to turn, and, you know, and particularly to answer the question, what makes this micro-targeting? What kind of data are you looking for? So with micro-targeting, once we've identified who those people are, now we, we want to get in front of them. We want to do that in an efficient way. So part of targeting that is, is we're going to look at, first of all, demographic factors. Demographic factors are the, the who, what, where kinds of questions. So if you're a local business and you deal in a particular locality, the first demographic we're going to look at is geography. Hmm. What's the outer limits? You know, what's the farthest you would go to serve a customer? So if you're a plumber uh, and you're a plumber in Chattanooga, Tennessee, you're probably not willing to make a service call in Atlanta, Georgia. No, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And you're surely not willing to make one in Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. So geography becomes important, and that's very easy. We can do that by zip code. We can do that by statistical data area, which is the way radio and TV figure out their marketing budgets or their marketing reach. Um, But we look at those demographics. Is this a problem that men have? Is it a problem that just women have? Is it a problem of the affluent? Or is it a problem of people who are not affluent at all? And we just continue to to look at all those demographic behaviors, that's the foundation. Okay. The next tier of that is, um, is to then look at psychographic hmm. factors. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so sounds like a big word that's really more about the attitudes okay. of folks. 
and things like where do they go for information? Hmm. So do they look at Facebook? Do they take in information at Facebook? Do they do Google searches? Do they read newspapers? There's all kinds of places people can go to get information. If nobody's on Facebook looking for your product, there's no point in advertising on Facebook. Even mm -hmm. though if you go to somebody, they're gonna go, oh yeah, you need to have a Facebook account. You need to have a Facebook business page. You need to have a website. Well, if your clients are not on the internet, then that's a waste of time. What's the point, yeah. So, so then that's, that's the next foundation is, is to look at, at psychographics. And then we layer on top of that is really the secret sauce, which is looking at intent. Intent. Okay, so how do you measure intent? So, like I said, that's, that's our secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Give the people we'll, a taste. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll not go in the kitchen for that, but really what we're looking at in, in, in terms of intent and in, in, uh, the, the most simplistic version of intent is are people searching right now for mm -hmm. what it is that, um, that you're selling? And so Google is probably the best at that. Google is, is great at, because you're typing into a search engine keywords for something you're looking you're for. You're basically expressing intent when you ask a question. Right, so let's say you're shopping for a car. Mm. That's, that's an easy one. So you're shopping for a car. Um, five years ago, that thing would be, you might type in Ford, Chattanooga, Tennessee, or Toyota, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Nowadays, you're much more likely to go, hey Siri, find a Chevrolet dealership near me. Find a Toyota dealership near me. Show me used cars in my area. Mm -hmm. So that's all expressions of intent. We, using our algorithms, look at larger view of targets in terms of what are they searching for? What websites are they naturally visiting? What content are they consuming on YouTube? Um, are they going to review sites or uh, rating sites like Kelly Blue Book, Edmunds.com, Cars.com to continue on with that? So we're looking at their overall behavior on the internet. That tells me that they're, they're actually in the market. If they're on a bank website looking at the page about automobile loans or on a credit union looking at automobile loans, Pretty good clue. This person is actively searching. And to you buy can a find out that much about yes. a single user. Yeah. And that's the micro in the micro and that's, targeting. That's the micro in the micro targeting. Mm. So we're looking at discrete individuals. And basically, what we depend on is the algorithm to say, here's an, now, full disclosure that the privacy is all still in place. We don't know who that person is. Okay. We basically know that there is a device or a group of devices or. Um, a, a Wi-Fi address where all this activity is going on. Really just a vague profile of activities. Correct. Mm. But then we can serve content to them um, immediately that deals with that. And of course, we're doing this in the digital space now. We're assuming that this activity is going on, um, is going on on a computer, it's going on on the internet. Right, and then that's exactly why we can do this. Actually. Right. Yeah. So just to summarize, the first layer um, for micro-targeting is demographics, right? Mm -hmm. We want to know where they are, who, what, when, and why. And then the next level is the psychographics. That's attitudes, interests, and where they get their information. Behaviors. And then finally, it's intent, right? Are you ready to take an action? Or what action are you ready to take at this point? Right. So you talked about serving content. Um, what kind of content do you then need to serve to 
take advantage of micro-targeted you know, the list that you've gotten? Well, at, at that point, it's, it's good old-fashioned advertising. Mm. You want to have content that is appealing. You immediately want to grab their attention, get their interest. Um, you want to give them a call to action. You want them to make a decision. Uh, and that, in essence, is where the creative world comes in and comes to bear, um, is to present your message in a compelling way Video right now um, in 2020 is the best medium to do that. We found much more so than static ads. We serve that in social media, particularly on Facebook, even for business to business clients. We put that content first on um, on Facebook okay. in their feed, in their, their news feed, because they're going to see it. If it's engaging, they'll stop and watch it. Videos, most people have their Facebook set. They autoplay when they come up. 72% of the people are doing it on their phone, so they're scrolling mm -hmm. through their phone. The video comes up, and there's an easy button there to hit and ask for more information. So, um, what we're, talk we're talking ads now. We're talking finding people on Facebook, and that's something that we've sort of started venturing into a bit. Um, to mix results, we're still learning the ropes. Um, just me to you, what are some things that I should be doing and some things I should definitely not be doing to make the most out of finding leads on Facebook? Well, um, first and foremost is having a very clear picture of what your target is. Mm -hmm. You need to know who it is you're gonna be talking to because every time Facebook shows your ad to somebody, it costs you money. Of course. So the less money you can spend to generate a customer, obviously, the, the better off you are. Mm. Um, so you want to very clearly define who that is. You want to load that information into Facebook. And even without using their API, their application protocol interface, where you can write a program that plugs into Facebook, Facebook gives you a lot of tools that you can use to go through, um, starting with location and realize with Facebook targeting, you can now target down as close as an address. Hmm. So very, very tight targeting that you can do with that. But you wanna go through, fill out all of that that you can. The intent part is not part of their targeting, but you can get really close without doing that. Um, if you're just doing that on your own or if- How exactly would I do that? Small businesses is bootstrapping it. We just keep answering the questions that Facebook has. And one of the, one of the things that they have is an option for you to be able to select interests, topics, hobbies, professions, um, and you can do groups. those groups, and mm -hmm. you can do that as includes and excludes. You can also upload a list. If you already have customers, it's great because if you have their email addresses, you can actually upload their email addresses and tell Facebook, I need more people just like this. Or if you want to talk to your customers specifically because you have an offer that's for people who are currently customers of yours, you can upload that list and say, Facebook, I only want to serve accounts that match these email addresses, and those are the only people that will ever see your ad on Facebook. Mm. Um, so, so those are some ways that you can really tie that targeting down tightly. So have a very strong clarity on who exactly you're trying to talk to. Right. All right, so what else do I need to be doing? Well, when you do all of that, realize Facebook knows um, about 5,000 data points hmm. about everybody who has a profile on there. And they have profiles of people who don't have 
um, Facebook accounts too. So there's a there's a lot of folks there. See, and Facebook will give you a rough idea as you make these selections to include these features, exclude those. Um, you'll they have a little counter over on the right hand side of the page. You actually see that decline as you continue to refine your market. Um, the next thing you need to have is a very, very clear offer that has some urgency about it. Okay. You can serve to those folks. Again, using video is a great way to communicate that. Um, that's, that's why most every ad we do is video. Even if we create a static ad, we will go back and animate that ad, put motion in it, turn it into an MP4 file, a video file, because we know Facebook is going to prefer that file even in organic display over over a static file. I was just about to ask, was that for the benefit of the audience or for the benefit of the algorithm? It's both. Mm. It's both. It's for the benefit of the algorithm first and foremost. But again, motion um, catches your eye. If you see movement, you immediately want to look and see what that movement is. Right. So by having motion there, we interrupt the process of them just kind of mindlessly scrolling through their feet. You talked about creating urgency. How, what, what are some ways you can create urgency with an offer? So it can be time bound. This is a today, today only um, ad. It can, you know, so limiting time availability creates urgency for folks. Uh, people are more motivated psychologically. This is back to the psychographics. They're more motivated by fear of loss mm -hmm. rather than desire for gain. So if you have a limited quantity, Okay. available that's another way to to do that hey we've only got 10 of these don't miss out you know right. be one of the first 10 be one of the first 25 be one of the first five or the price goes up after a limited period mm -hmm. that's why you'll see a lot of advertising has a countdown timer on it mm. this is only available for the next eight hours and 15 minutes and 23 seconds and you're watching those seconds tick down and they're that's a not so subtle way of creating that that sense of urgency um, but those those are are the best ways to do it to tell folks you won't see this ad again mm. um, you know if you don't take action now you may not see this ad again you may not have a way back to find this so those those are all ways of of creating urgency and making it very easy for them to say yes this is another very subtle way to create urgency Facebook now will let you create what they call a lead form Yeah, that is on the platform. A year ago, if I created a Facebook ad, you click the learn more button, it's going to take you off of Facebook to a website, to a landing page. That's more page. cost for you because you have to think of your landing page and make it you know, responsive, make it engaging and all that stuff. Well, more than that, the problem with that is then when you go back to Facebook, Facebook resets you to the top of the feed. Mm. You, you lose your place in the book, so to speak. With now, with Facebook having their own native lead generation form there, people are able to give you their information, ask for more information about your product or service, and never leave the platform. So as soon as they hit the submit button, the form closes, they're right where they left off. Mm. They never lose their place on their timeline. So make it easy for them to say yes. Um, Make sure that you have a clear picture of who you're targeting. Use motion to capture your audience's attention. And uh, what was the last one? You mentioned make it sort of time bound. Um, just create a sense of urgency. Right. Sense so of that's urgency. that's exactly how you'd go about making your ads more effective on Facebook, right? Right. Right. So. Um, 
besides Facebook, besides Google, or even on Facebook, what's right now something that most people don't know, like from your experience, what's the best way to capture value as a business in terms of underpriced attention on Facebook? Is it Facebook stories? Is it the feed? Is it the timeline? Is it Instagram? Um, what's the place where most businesses would be better off starting out looking for leads? Well, the great, the great thing about the Facebook platform, um, and it sounds like I want to go to work for Zuck and I don't really. <laughs> um, the great thing about that platform is as you build your ad, as you walk through the steps in building your ad there, Facebook is actually in the background optimizing that ad to go in feed. They're going to create a version for stories. Mm-hmm. They're going to create a version for Instagram. So you're going to be, if you have an Instagram connected to Instagram account connected to your Facebook account, the ad will also appear there, um, and it appears on the Facebook ad network. So little side column ads all over. You might be on Huffington Post. You might be on ESPN. You might be on mm-hmm. CNN. You know, be wherever your folks are. Your ad, if Facebook owns that little piece of screen real estate on a third-party site, your ad has the opportunity to appear there. And the Facebook algorithm is looking for those targets that you defined, and it's gonna speak to them wherever they are. Now, if they interact with that ad using Facebook's retargeting feature, as soon as they interact with an ad, if they didn't accept the offer, maybe they just hit the like button, or they saved it for later, or they shared it, or, or made a comment about it, but they didn't actually interact with your learn more, buy now, whatever, your call to action is on that, now you're going to follow them all over the internet. Mm. You now know that device, and when they leave Facebook and they go somewhere else, your ads will continue to show up wherever they go. So is there any reason at all to mess with that feature? Right. So Facebook automatically is going to try to serve it to a bunch of those places. Is there any reason why I'd want to say, let's not do that, let's not let Facebook make that decision for me? Or am I always better served doing that? Um, by and large, you're better served doing that. Facebook knows way more about their users than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to tell you everything for privacy reasons. So I make it easy on myself, and I let them do what they do best. Facebook has a vested interest in making sure you make money. Because so you if back. you make money, you're going to spend more with them. If yeah. you're getting a positive return on investment, you'll spend an infinite amount of money on advertising. The, anal- the analogy is this, if I walked up to you and I said, Mamie, if you will hand me a dollar, I will hand you a $5 bill back. I'm gonna hand you as many dollars as I can. As long as I'm willing to hand <laughs> yeah. you a $5 bill back, you will keep going. Yeah. And that's, that's the game that Facebook is playing. Mm. So they have a vested interest in your success, so they give you the tools to make it as easy as possible. And Facebook advertising, quite honestly, is very much underpriced compared to Google. Mm -hmm. Google AdWords can be very expensive, and you're playing against a lot of really big players bidding against keywords and that kind of thing, and it's a bit complex to go through that process. With Facebook, they make it very, very easy for you to do that. As as an independent business owner, or even for us as an agency, there's just a lot of tools there available to us. Okay, so I've learned a ton so far, but one last thing, which I'm sure a lot of people are asking is, what about LinkedIn? Where does LinkedIn fit into all of this? Is there a reason to be advertising on LinkedIn? What's the play for LinkedIn? 
So we use LinkedIn um, differently probably than other folks do. LinkedIn is, is strictly business to business. It's very hard, we've tried, I know other agencies that have tried. It's very hard to sell consumer products on LinkedIn. It's a business oriented platform. People are there in business mode, but their sales resistance is also very high on LinkedIn. So we typically don't see the returns there. Because of the targeting that I can do on Facebook, I don't have to use LinkedIn for cold ads, if you we have just we have spent a ton of money advertising on LinkedIn hmm. for Clearbox and for clients. The results that I get there, maybe it's just because we've gotten good at Facebook, but the results we get there are not anywhere near the results that we can get on Facebook. Um, was talking to the uh, vice president of marketing for a multinational company that's based here in Chattanooga, and I'll leave the name out of it. And I'm speaking with her and talking to her about this process and explaining how we can help them grow their business. Her response to me is, yeah, you know, I get these advertisements on my Facebook platform, on my Facebook feed all the time for marketing automation software. And I, I won't mention the brand that she talks about. But she's like, every time I scroll, every ad, every mm -hmm. third ad is from this same company. She said, and it's so irritating because... I want to look at pictures of my friend's grandkids and I want to look at vacation pictures and then here comes this ad for this software. Then she stopped and she said, and I click on it every time. <laughs> so, And I, I watched the light bulb go on over her right. head because she realized, oh, this does actually work. When people are on Facebook, and we're serving content on their timeline, all of their sales resistance is down. You know, if you go in a car lot to buy a car, you're like, yeah, no man, garbage. I don't need any help at all. You just, you stay over there. Yeah. Um, we do the same thing with advertising. We get nose blind to it. You know, we, we don't even see it on our computers, but if it shows up in your feed and it's a compelling video, you are looking at what are your friends up to? Who's on vacation? What are, in my, in my demographic, Oh, that's their new grandkid. That's the new baby that just got born. Oh, their daughter got engaged, whatever it is. There's no sales resistance there. And suddenly this comes up and you're very psychologically, you're very open to receiving a positive message. Mm. And so when you see it, even if it's business to business, you're more likely to go ahead and take action on it right then. And like I said, then we go back and we re-engage with those people on LinkedIn we engage with them on email, but LinkedIn is useful for continuing the conversation. That's how we found it to be the most useful tool, and that's the free part, unless you're paying for a, a premium subscription. For that's the, the free sales part of navigator. LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, so you just use it for the qualification after you've gotten a sense of who that person is, you've identified that target with your Facebook ads, you then go in on LinkedIn and say, okay, what do we need to actually close this? Right, or if we try, whether it's automated responses or if it's, a, if it's a human response to the Facebook ad and they go radio silent on us, you know, mm -hmm. you, you feel like you're taking your emails and just sending them out into cyberspace and never to be seen or heard from again. That person who's not responding to those marketing messages through an email, I can go to LinkedIn and go on Messenger and 
nine times out of ten, send them a message and immediately get a reply back. Absolutely. Immediately within a couple, of, meaning within a couple hours. Yeah, because at the end of the day, a lot of people still aren't getting that much interaction on LinkedIn. So we all lean in a little bit more when something does happen, especially when you can tell it's a human being behind it. Um, but again, in creating all this content and creating the messaging and even the follow-up messaging, we push our clients to always stay problem focused. I don't mm. want to talk about what I do. I want to talk about the problem that they're trying to solve. And if they don't have that problem, it doesn't matter what I do because right. there's, there's no match there. So I want to understand that, okay, you do have this problem. Now I have a skill set I can bring to bear to help you solve that. Yeah. Well, Clay, thank you so much for your time. Oh, yeah, man. This has been absolutely enlightening. Um, do you have anything going on you'd like to talk about coming up soon? Don't have anything coming up in the immediate future. We will sometime this spring. We'll be doing uh, some seminars. Okay. We're going to start doing a series um, on keys to marketing success. We'll probably do those as lunch and learn. They're going to be live in person here in Chattanooga, so folks can go to our Facebook page, which is at Clearbox Strategies. And go to our website, clearboxstrategies.com, sign up for a newsletter there. If they like and follow us on Facebook, they'll see it. Um, and if they're in our target market, they're probably going to see the ads about it too. <laughs> for sure, because <laughs> we got the pros. So this has been absolutely enlightening. Hope you guys loved what you saw and what you heard. If you want to see more of this, please remember to like and subscribe. And uh, we'll see you on the next one.